0: First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions.
1: Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions of the Voice America Kids Network. I am Benjamin Price, and today we'll be talking about the Paper Tiger's fatherhood, Penguin Town. But first, we're gonna hear an extra special interview, the subject of the new documentary Wolfgang, uh, with Natalia, talking to Wolfgang Puck and David Gelb. Hi, Wolfgang Puck and David Gelb, how are you both?
2: Excellent. Very good, thank you.
3: Great to hear. Well, let's get started. First off, Mr. Puck, congratulations on your legacy in all aspects of culinary arts. In the past, you said you don't like to recall your past too much, but in this film, you reveal your incredible true-life story. Why were you ready to share your story with us now?
4: Well, I think I'm at a certain age that I want young people to know, who know me now from the restaurants all around the world, you know, but I want to young people to see that it wasn't always like that, that I came from a household with an abusive uh, stepfather, <laughs> And I started, I left the home when I was 14 and like a lot of kids do that today, but they don't go to work, they just leave. So I had a purpose. Mm -hmm. I went to work, I went to an apprenticeship in a kitchen and there the chef was just as abusive, but I never really told anybody that story. And I think David Gelb is such a great storyteller and the way he tells the story about chefs and everything. So I thought he would be great to make it look like inspiring also. I don't want to make it a sad thing. You know, I want to feel young people, especially to be inspired by it.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, I think your story really has made an impact. It is truly inspiring for other young kids who might be in a similar situation as you or have endured what you have at such a young age and who dream to be something as big as yourself, even if it isn't just a chef, but perhaps it is. So thank you so much for sharing your story.
4: Thank you. It's my pleasure, you know, to hopefully inspire a few young people.
3: I'm sure you did. And following that, Mr. Joe, this film reveals Wolfgang as the man behind the restaurant empire in such an exquisite way. What made you decide to make this film about the iconic celebrity chef Wolfgang Puck?
2: Well, you know, Wolfgang Puck has always been a hero of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when I was just a kid uh, and I was eating in this restaurant with my dad, he came out from the kitchen and he goes to every single table and greets everybody. And I was eating a <laughs> Wiener Schnitzel, and so he came up to me and said, "Oh, are you Austrian?" Uh, which I thought, but it was a great. Uh, it was just felt made me feel so special and starstruck, <laughs> and that set me on a path to make films about chefs. And so <laughs> I had the opportunity to make tell the story of the great Wolfgang Puck. It was like a, a dream come true for me. And so it was a great honor to make this film.
3: Well, just like Wolfgang Puck said himself, you are an amazing storyteller, and you did such a wonderful job. So congratulations. Thank you. And back to Mr. Puck, Um, this film reveals your troubled childhood and how you survived it to become one of the most successful and renowned chefs. What advice do you have for kids like me as someone who has overcome challenging obstacles in the quest to follow their dreams?
4: Well, you know, everybody has adversities in their lives. You know, I had them because of my parents, but I had the love of my mother but Mm -hmm. i also think for young people it's important maybe to find your mentor to find Mm your passion what are you passionate about it you know Mm -hmm. if you're great at playing basketball or you're great at playing piano if you really want to excel you know practice makes better so you have to Mm -hmm. a lot and don't take no for an answer don't say you cannot do it or like my stepfather said you're good for nothing you know it's like Mm -hmm. We have to believe in ourselves that we can achieve something and work on it really hard. I think for me, hard work paid off. You know, that was mm-hmm. our days. The minimum was 12 hours. And still today, I tell young people, you know, 12 hours is only half a day.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, just like you said in the film, never give up. And that's something that you proved and justified because although you've been told many times, even fired at such a young age, you came back to the restaurant and you were not taking no for an answer and you still got to work, which is pretty amazing. So thank you for that piece of advice. Thank you. Now, Mr. Gelb, when you originally envisioned this film, I imagine that you had lots of ideas that you had to drop along the way, of course. How did you decide what to include and what to let go?
2: Well, that's the hardest part of making the movie is because Wolfgang has had such uh, a big life with so many different achievements.
5: Mm-hmm. It
2: is very difficult to decide what makes the movie. And I think that we stuck to the things that were really to the very, very core of his story. You know, Mm -hmm. coming from this humble beginning in Austria, finding his inspiration in France and learning that, you know, discovering that, you know, he decided, I can do this. I believe in myself and I can do this. And then coming to the United States and then exploding, becoming this big, big celebrity and opening these wonderful restaurants. And I think that that's really, as long as we stick to the main storyline, that's really what we decided to focus on
3: hmm And I think you kind of justify that he has so much going on and he's had so many accomplishments. And throughout this film, you get a lot of statements from former colleagues and former workers of his and even friends and family, like his sister herself. And I remember one of them saying that, you know, he has all these items on the shelves. He has so many restaurants, including Spago, that she just can't keep up. And, you know, this is one of the first times I was introduced. Uh, my mom told me about this. And I was like, well, I have to check out Wolfgang Puck. And I learned more about you. And it was just... It's pretty shocking because I was like, how could somebody do all this just at once? You know, and you're still doing it today.
1: You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Moist America Kids Network. Today, we're talking about the Paper Tigers' fatherhood penguin town. And right now, we're going to continue hearing Natalia's interview with Wolfgang Puck and David Gelb of the new documentary Wolfgang.
3: So, um, bringing it back to Mr. Puck, when you first came to the U.S., the food culture was not on par with that in Europe. Can you share with us how you introduce people in Los Angeles to a different sensibility about food and what difficulties did you encounter?
4: Well, I think uh, when I came first to Indianapolis for a year, I cooked more steaks well done in Indianapolis and people asking me for baked potatoes instead of having vegetables or things like that. When I came to L.A., I said, wow, this is like Provence. This is like south of France, the climate and then I found out a farm down south in Rancho Santa Fe, de Chino farm. And I went there and I tasted their tomatoes, tasted their strawberries and I said, wow, this is as good as I had when I was in Europe. So now how are we gonna bring that to the table? How are we gonna actually make something out of that? So I remember when I did the first time I bought these vegetables, I did a dinner at the Bel Air Hotel And some of their old customers, they looked at my green peas and green beans, and they were green because I just cooked them very shortly and tossed them with a little olive oil and salt and pepper. And they said, oh, my God, you put food coloring in your vegetables. And what are they talking about, really? So then I went into their pantry. All the vegetables they served at that time at the Pelleo, that was in the 80s can canned vegetables from France. I mean, it was crazy. And here we are in Southern California, the best climate, the best <laughs> growing seasons, you know, for all things. Like even now, today, I go to the farmer's market and get my peaches, my cherries, my nectarines. They taste so amazing, as good as anywhere. So that was the first step. You start with great ingredients and then hopefully, uh, you can cook them the right way and you're going to make mm-hmm. something good. So it's really simple in a way, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. have so complicated. In the old time, they covered up the food with a lot of sauces, a lot of things. Why? Because the food wasn't really fresh. The ingredients are not really fresh. So they had mm-hmm. to cover it up. These days, we get everything fresh. I can go to the market in the morning, the fish market, buy my tuna or my bass, whatever it is, and then just cook it. So it's really simple.
3: Well, I have to say, you did change the way we all eat in this country. I mean, even including pizza on your men- menu. And many thought, you know, pizza wasn't that fancy. And, you know, what I took away from the film special moment was a Joanne Collins story. And, you know, she came in, you guys ran out of bread, you guys ran out of all those things. And you were like, well, what can we give her? And you created a pizza with no cheese and no tomato sauce and added smoked salmon, thinly cut. I remember it all. It was It was pretty amazing for you to do that just on the spot. So good job on that. I was pretty shocked.
4: Thank you. Thank you. And you know, we love it. My son, who is maybe your age, he loves to smoke salmon pizza. So I think it's good to really see what you can do with imagination, you know, where you can go. Yes, somebody made pizzas with tomato sauce for 100 or 300 or I think since uh, uh, Queen Margarita came for, to Naples, you know, I don't know, in the fifteen or sixteen hundred, I don't know when it was anymore. So... Uh, they made it with tomato sauce because they grew tomatoes. They had mozzarella because they had the buffaloes there. So they made it that way with leftover bread, though. But mm-hmm. I think then when I said, you know, they did that already. Why do it the same way? You know, if yeah. you make a love song, if you sing the way the weekend sings,
5: mm-hmm. you, you
4: have to make your own. You have to get your own words, your own music, your own beat and everything. That and that's what I try to do with my food.
3: Well, you sure made a difference. Thank you both for taking the time with speaking to me today. My mother is a huge fan of the film and you, Mr. Pox, so she's going to be quite jealous that I have the opportunity to speak with you. So thank you so much for taking the time.
4: Thank you. Bring me up to the restaurant and say hello, okay?
3: <laughs> I'm definitely going to come by. I have to. <laughs> thank you.
4: Thank you. Let's take a break.
1: I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Llama Llama Family Vacation.
0: our consumers.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up.
1: Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Wolfgang, and next we'll be talking with Micah about the Paper Tigers. So, what'd you think of the movie?
6: I actually really liked the movie, and I'm, I like more, like, um, fun and colorful movies, um, like, things like that. But this movie was kind of more dark and action-filled, but I actually really liked it. And the way they executed like, the way they executed all this stuff actually made me enjoy it. And I didn't, I didn't think I would, but I did.
1: So for the record, before we get into it, I want to thank you for bringing this movie to my attention. I think it looks really, really good. Um, so w- can you explain a little bit about what Paper Tigers is about?
6: The Paper Tigers is basically about three childhood friends named Danny, Hank, and Jim, who reunite as adults after they find out that they're Sifu. And that means their Kung Fu teacher um, passed away. And when they were kids, they shared the love of Kung Fu. But now they moved on to not really bigger or better things. (laughs) So when they hear speculation that their Sifu was actually murdered instead of like passing away, they try to find the culprit so they can avenge him.
1: It seems like stunts are pretty core at the core of this movie. So can you talk about um, what you thought of those and how are they executed? Like, are we talking, um, you know, is there anything ridiculous or do they keep it pretty grounded?
6: Well, I'm really glad you asked that because the stunts are actually one of my favorite elements of this movie. Like you said, this is like a core thing in the movie since it's really about Kung Fu. And I think the stunts were top-notch. They were actually really believable, and it actually looked like they were fighting. And the something that made it even more realistic was the um, makeup team, because you can actually see like blood on their faces um, after they start fighting, which is actually makes it really believable, and it actually makes it kind of scarily real looking.
1: Yeah, no, it does look actually pretty. Um kind of rough in terms of um, the stunts. And also talking a little bit about, you know, as you said in the plot description, they're a little older. It's been a while since they've really gone at it or anything. So um, in what ways does that end up impacting their fighting when they actually need to use it?
6: Um, Well, it's like since, like you said, they haven't um they haven't fought in a match in years so um I believe you're asking like how them not fighting in years and them not moving on to better things really impact the fighting is that what you're asking sure
1: in what ways does the like the the long span of time uh in in which they haven't fought and also like older age affect how they fight
6: Um, You will notice in a lot of the scenes, they're like pulling a muscle or they're like wincing in pain because they haven't fought in a match in years. So naturally, they'll have a tougher time defending themselves or fighting. So I think that I think they really need to rise up to the challenge to avenge Sifu since they haven't done it in so long and they have to like find their connection again to what they used to be able to do that so they can do what they need to do for him
1: and I hope you just didn't give it away in your previous answer but (laughs) what is the message of the paper tigers the
6: message of the paper tigers is when you give someone your word you really just need to honor it no matter what because the the three disciples they kind of disconnected from him, they moved on um, from each other as well. So even though they um, drifted apart for many years, when they came together, they had to honor their word and do whatever they could to be true disciples.
1: All right. Well, and finally, star rating and age rating for the Paper Tigers.
6: I rate the Paper Tigers four out of five stars and recommend it for ages 14 to 18 plus adults. And anyone who loves kung fu and action will enjoy this movie.
1: Oh, great. Thank you so much, Micah. Thank you. And right now, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today, we're talking about Penguin Town, Wolf Gang, A Fatherhood. And right now, we're going to hear Micah's interview with the director and producer of The Paper Tigers.
6: Hi, I'm Micah reporting for Kids First, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with the director of the new kung-fu-filled movie, The Paper Tigers, Bao Tran, and the producer, Alan Duong. Now we're going to speak about their new thrilling action comedy, The Paper Tigers. Hi, Mr. Tran and Mr. Duong. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. Well, let's get just right started into it. And this question is for Mr. Tran. This is your debut directing a feature film. How does your previous work directing short films prepare you for this movie?
7: Oh, wow. You know, short films are definitely kind of its own thing. You know, typically it's about 5 to 10 or 15 minutes, and a feature film is about 100 minutes. So um, there's like, quite a bit of things to kind of learn. You kind of have, a, like, a, if you're a painter, you have a bigger canvas. You have a, a lot more uh, paintbrushes that you can use. So it's, a, it's, a, it's really how you can learn how to put it all together. But I think the lessons you learn from a, telling a short story is very uh, you know very fundamental to telling a long story, and which is don't bore the audience. So just make sure the audience can stay along and be interested, because sometimes a short film can feel very long, and yeah. sometimes a uh, feature length film can come by can go by really quick.
6: Well, I was definitely interested the entire time, so everyone did a great job doing that. And also for Mr. Chan, you're credited for writing the screenplay for The Paper Tigers. What were the challenges in directing the film that you also wrote?
7: Wow, uh, well, also the challenge would be working with the actors because they're like little stray cats. They have their own ideas and they want to do other things uh, than what was written on the page, but which is great. Uh, we love having the actors having, uh, be, uh, be creative and do uh, improvisation and libbing their lines. Uh, in addition to what was written. So it was always fun to have uh, creative people in the same room and coming up with different ideas uh, and bouncing off each other and making it better. So uh, I think the challenge is just making sure that we were all kind of making sure we we're making the same movie and, and telling the same story. But other than that, it was uh, it was great to have uh, the actors have at it.
6: Oh, yeah, that sounds great. And while that may be a challenge, it sounds like it could also make it easier in a sense.
7: certainly makes a... Uh who would it be easier? Maybe it makes the, uh, the, uh, the editor <laughs> yeah. an easier job of choosing better takes, but it's a lot more footage that ends up getting shot. Uh, but they, uh, they get to choose from a lot of good things.
6: Well, that's, that's great to hear. And the acting is so good and incredibly authentic to the story. So Mr. Tran, how active were you in selecting the cast that brings so much life to this movie?
7: Uh, yeah, the actors are really fun to watch, and that's great to hear. They Well, they came uh, on at different stages. Uh, the Ron Yuan, who plays Ahing, uh, was a well-known, was a good friend of our producer. So we had reached out uh, with him in mind to play the part. Uh, Matthew Page, who plays Carter, uh, also a friend of a friend. And we had reached out and uh, had uh, had a lot of interest in having him in the film. Uh, the other actors uh, we had either worked with before or we had to go through casting. Uh, which is kind of going through the whole audition process with our casting director, uh, receiving audition tapes and, and and seeing how they kind of play off each other uh, and together as well. And you have to kind of test and see how they all look uh, and look together and play together And so that's it's a lot of process to auditioning the actors.
6: Well yeah, it sounds like a, a long and pr- process, but I think the actors were definitely chosen correctly. And Mr. Tran, I've read that this movie, it took about nine years or 10 years. Were there times that you felt like giving up on the project?
7: There are times that, and obviously 10 years is a very long time, you know, maybe, uh, you know, it's a whole decade, uh, the whole, that's uh, a, quite a bit of a stretch of time. Uh, I think what's hardest is not necessarily uh, wanting to quit the project, but just figuring out when is the right time to kind of move forward and to sometimes adjust. Uh, maybe you don't have as much money as you think you, uh, you, you need for the movie, or maybe you don't have as much time as you think you need for the movie. Uh, but sometimes uh, if it means to progress forward or, or make some movement and actually uh, get closer to making the film done, you have to make certain, certain sacrifices. So I think that's the hardest part in, in knowing like when to um, basically stand your ground, but also when to kind of bend and be flexible Uh, to the circumstances, because, you know, life is not always fair, and sometimes you don't always get the things that you need uh, or that you passionately believe you need uh, to be able to make the film, and and you have to uh, basically adjust for that.
6: I'm really glad you stuck with the project and released it when you did, because I'm so glad I got to watch it. It was very interesting, and you guys did an amazing job with that.
7: Thank you. Thank you. Um, I mean, hearing that makes it all worth it.
6: Oh, that's great. And Mr. Zhuang, what was your reaction to seeing everything pieced together into the final film for the first time?
8: It was a super special moment. I mean, like, uh, I think, you know, once it was together, uh, you know, to see that long journey that, you know, we went through together to finally have everything pieced together. um, I think, you know, for us, we actually watched the movie um, with an audience for the first time three weeks ago um, in a theater. And so that was a super special moment uh, for us. And so it was... Um, It made everything well worth it.
6: Yeah, I wish I could have seen it in the theater, but I think um, watching it at home and like your own type of comfort even made it even more enjoyable as well. And uh, the final question for Mr. Duong, The Paper Tigers has a lot of compelling messages. What do you hope audiences will take away from watching this film?
8: Well, I mean, like, uh, I think one of my favorite scenes was, you know, like a phone call to uh, from a father to his son, you know, talking about um, how, you know, if you are looking for a fight, you know, that makes you the bully. But essentially, you know, if your back is, you know, against the wall, you (laughs) know, you're going to have to make your own way and fight through it. And, you know, and I think that speaks to a lot of, you know, what's going on today. That You know, like we we just have to uh, stick to what we believe uh, and and fight for um, what we want.
6: That's a great message. And I think uh, I agree with you. I think audiences will take that away from watching the movie. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Baltran and Mr. Alan Duong, for talking with me today about the new film, The Paper Tigers. This movie is out now in theaters and on video on demand. It releases on DVD and Blu-ray June 22nd, 2021. I'm Micah reporting for Kids First. See you next
1: time. See ya. Thank you, Kids First. Let's take a break. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Llama Llama Family Vacation.
8: Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us
5: on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN.
0: Our consumers
2: become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america
5: you are
0: tuned into kids first coming attractions on the voice america empowerment channel shh turn your phone off another film review or celebrity interview is coming up
1: Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Wolfgang and the Paper Tigers. And next, I will be talking with Tiana about fatherhood. So, what did you think of the movie?
9: Um, I thought that fatherhood was a very great film, but it was also pretty different because in this drama film, you kind of get to see Kevin Hart, who plays the main character, Matt Laughlin, in a new light. So, you know, he's a comedian and, you know, inside of his films, he's been really funny. He adds some comedy, different twist to the roles that he plays. But in this film, he shows a more serious side, which I thought was pretty interesting. So that's what I thought of the film. But it overall was a very heartwarming and great film.
1: Yeah, he's played like a cartoon bunny. And, oh, uh, he played uh, in Jumanji. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and here he's playing like a guy struggling with the death of his wife to raise his child. But right. I'm not going to give too much away. So why don't you explain yeah. the plot of fatherhood?
9: Yes. Yeah, so fatherhood is about Kevin Hart's character, Matt, and his wife, Liz. And they have a baby girl. And her name is Maddie, played by Melody Hurd. And a day after Liz gives birth to this beautiful baby girl, Liz passes away from some complications that she had. And so now Matt is a single parent raising his daughter. And he really has no idea what he's doing because, I mean, this is new to him. It's his first child. The baby was just born. Uh, So... isn't a how to raise a child guide so he kind of has to find his way with the help of his family and friends um so that he can make sure that maddie has the best life possible
1: so yeah you mentioned kevin hart and he does bring some comedy to this one but this movie also starts with a literal funeral so there's kind of there's a um it's pretty even dramedy going on, you know, comedy right. and drama. What did you think about uh, how the movie balanced out those two different tonal factors?
9: I, I really thought that it was pretty interesting. Um, and there was like some comedy in it. I mean, it kind of just depends on uh, how you take the film. I mean, most times when you see movies where there's crying, like you mentioned, there is a funeral scene right at the beginning. Um, So most times when you think of that, it kind of makes you want to cry, makes you want to be sad. But there are little parts that they have. Um, And I thought that was something great that the director of the film, Paul Weitz, uses. um, And making sure that it's not too sad, if you get what I'm saying.
1: No, I get it, and I don't want to spoil too much of the movie, but as it goes on, it also becomes about, you know, he meets somebody new uh, um, romantically, and yeah. Right. So it's not all doom and gloom, but that, starting with the funeral feels a bit like a declaration of war on your tear ducts a little bit. Like, I can really only name, like, five or ten movies that start with funerals on the top of my head. You know, it's like that and Finding Nemo. And they're both pretty vicious. So,
9: yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Finding Nemo is a good um, thing, but I actually can't really think of any. So this is
1: definitely new. Yeah. And speaking of heart, (laughs) let's talk about Kevin. So, this, yeah, you mentioned already this is definitely kind of a different role for him. There's a little bit of his typical what we know him for here, but can you talk about his performance and, um, I don't know, what does it signal for him going forward? Do you think he'll do more work like this that is more dramatic?
9: Um, so he definitely played his role really well. Um, it's a little like I said, it's a little different because in every single movie that he's done, I don't really think I can name any where he's been this serious. So it's definitely new. Uh, he did do a really good job at it. I think this is something that we can hopefully see some of in the future, uh, still with some comedy, of course, because that is what he's known for. And I overall do think he played it amazingly so yeah i think this is something that he could definitely do
1: yeah i agree and finally what star star rating and age rating would you give fatherhood
9: yes so i would rate this film a four out of five stars Uh, it was definitely a very uplifting film and it will tap into your emotions a lot And I recommend it for kids ages 11 to 18, and adults will enjoy it as well.
1: I also just want to give a brief warning of my own. I think parents should be a little wary of this one because I I mean, unless you're going in without a box of tissues, because there's there's a few moments in that back half that really are uh, pretty spectacular. So, um, well, thank you so much, Tiana. Thank you. And... Right now, we are going to switch gears. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today, we're talking about Wolfgang, Paper Tigers, Penguin Town. And right now, weirdly, somehow, we're going to hear my interview with uh, Melody Hurd, who stars with Kevin Hart in the new Netflix movie, Fatherhood. Uh, hello. This is Benjamin Price reporting for Kids First, and today I'll be interviewing Melody Hurd, who plays Maddie in the new Netflix movie Fatherhood. So, how are you doing today?
5: Getting
1: here. Very well. So, uh, let's do it. So, how did you develop a believable father-daughter relationship between you and your on-screen dad, played by Kevin Hart?
5: Okay. So, basically, before like I even like started to like shoot, I we practice with my dad for so like the bond. And then like when I was shooting, we also practiced something. Like with Kevin. and So then we just like got it.
1: sure, sure. And so a lot of the stuff that you've been a part of so far in your career has been pretty tense. I mean them, battle at Big Rock. So was it at all nice to kind of take a detour into something more mellow with fatherhood? Mm.
5: Mm. Probably like like basically like um probably I would probably like want to like do like shoot more maybe like when this comes out and like have another like and probably this would be like one when like all of the family members are together. They live like at the same place and then everything like happens good.
1: So, All right. And similar to that question, what kind of lesson did you take from working in, you know, the more thrill-centric stuff like them uh, did you bring to this movie? If you're working on this movie.
5: I've learned, like, a lot of stuff in fatherhood, and then mostly probably, like, fatherhood has to say, because, like, um, fatherhood's, like, more about, like, what like, 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 happened, like, in, like, twenty like, twenty um, It, like, basically I've learned a lot, like, when you can, like, when you have births, like, bad stuff can like, happen years. Like a lot of chances that that stuff can happen. I definitely I learned some. Like I learned that, and definitely, um, it's hard being a parent, for sure. Uh, like it, it's really hard to take care of me, like we
1: like you have like one parent. So. Sure. So fatherhood, I'm excited about this question. So fatherhood was a family effort. Your sister, Rhythm, plays a younger version of you in the movie. So how surreal is it <laughs> to watch your little sister play a younger version of you? I, I was in shocked because I didn't
5: even know they were actually like in have Rhythm in mm-hmm. Because me and Rhythm... Look alike, like we really, really look alike. So it really did work out. I was in shock. I was just like, I'm so excited to see how this goes out. I was gonna be like, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm excited.
1: <laughs> and uh, finally, obviously, the pandemic has kind of hindered, you know, numerous new releases. So you guys actually shot this. I mean, over a year ago now. So in the yes. months and months since then, how has your appreciation for the movie itself and your time working on it changed?
5: Like, a few months later, I was very excited for it to come out. I was, like, always thinking about it. My friends were like, when is it going to come out? When is it going to come out? I'm so excited. And I was like, I don't know yet. And they're like, please tell me right when you find out. And I was like... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I have to tell you when they say I can't, and they were like, oh, <laughs> so I was like, I can't, talking." sorry.
1: <laughs> well, and now they can all see it, right? Comes to Netflix um June 18th, so yes. I'm wrapping up. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you for having me. Let's take a break. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Llama Llama Family Vacation.
8: Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America
5: TRN.
0: Consumers
2: Become our friend on Facebook Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America
0: You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel Shh! Turn your phone off Another film review or
1: celebrity interview Is coming up Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Wolfgang, the Paper Tigers, Fatherhood, and next we'll be talking with Tiana about Penguin Town. So, Tiana, what did you think about this Netflix series?
9: I thought Penguin Town was a really heartwarming and also a very uh, adorable, but also very informational series. I mean... Uh, It shows you a lot about penguins' lives, um, how they find homes, uh, how they find love, uh, how they survive, and something that I really noticed is how similar penguins' lives are um, to humans, but the only difference is they kind of live in a more hazardous environment where one second they could be... um, trying to search for food for their kids the next moment they're eaten by a seal.
1: Can you talk a little bit about the message of this of the show?
9: Yes so the message of this docuseries is that even when you feel for the first time um, or even are nervous to try something it's okay because in the series the penguins were um, like the newborn penguins they were trying to swim the fir- for the first time or like the parents, they would try and um, like hatch- make sure that they took care of the eggs so that they would hatch. Um, and sometimes they would fail, sometimes they would succeed, but even if they did fail, they would keep trying um, until they made it.
1: Well, I think that's something we can all learn from. <laughs> um, what age and star rating would you give Penguin count?
9: Yes, so I would rate Penguin Town five out of five stars because I really loved it. Like I said, it was very informational informational, and a very adorable and well-made film. And I would recommend it for kids ages 10 to 18 and adults will love it too. And especially if you are someone who loves penguins and wants to know more about them,
1: uh, you should definitely watch this docu-series. It has eight parts nice. to it. I feel like for the good of the listeners, I should ask, are there any baby penguins in this television show?
9: Yes, there are a lot of baby penguins um, that you get to follow. And the best part about this, um, it is eight parts and the episodes are pretty long. But in it, it shows you a good amount of seeing how the penguins grow up. So it's really cute getting to see. Them starting from baby penguins, even being hatched out of the eggs, which is also another really key part, um, to see them
1: becoming adult penguins. Well, baby penguins is incentive, if I've ever heard. So thank you so much, Tiana. Thank you. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Wolfgang, the Paper Tiger's fatherhood. And right now, we're going to hear Tiana and Catherine's interview with Brian Armstrong and Kaylee Christos of Penguin Town.
9: I'm Tian Sermons, and today I'm joined by Katherine Schell, and we are reporting for Kids First. Today we are going to be speaking with Brian Armstrong and Kaylee Christos about the Netflix docu-series Penguin Town. So let's get right into it. So first of Mr. Armstrong, uh, as the movie points out, there are plenty of Penguin docu-series and movies out there. What makes Penguin Town stand out from the rest?
10: So many things. First of all, the incredible Because Normally when you think of penguins, you think of how things are cold and ice and snow. And here we have these penguins showing up on a beach in sun-drenched South Africa. So that's the first thing is that just to get your mind around that, that it's not the sort of penguins that you're used to seeing in, in real life, maybe in cartoons, but these guys are really special. And they're also endangered. So what they're doing is trying to really save their own species by finding these new nests. And we've discovered that by going in and and we looked at about 80 different nests uh, to start off with to try and find just the right characters to feature. And then we whittled that down to 30. And then finally we got down to sort of half a dozen or so key characters in this crazy location that really had a great story to tell in representing their own species. And you get to know them really well. They're pretty endearing.
9: Yeah, I can agree that this was definitely a truly interesting, um, educational, an educational and amazing series.
10: Yeah, the education sneaks up on you a bit, I think. It's kind of fun to watch, and you get a lot of laughs out of it, and then suddenly you realize, wow, I learned a lot while I was doing that. Right.
9: Uh, so, also, docu-series aren't usually like fan favorites with kids, so why will kids want to watch this and
10: enjoy it? I think it's just what I said I think once you start watching it's really kind of hard to turn off because you get so engaged with these characters in this really unusual location and then once you get to know the characters it's really hard to to switch off it's not the kind of documentary where we're giving you lots of information the information kind of comes naturally but when these little guys have so much to face and so much to contend with in terms of of weather and you know predators, and and sometimes each other. We learn that there are. We learn a lot doing this series, and a lot of it is that some of the other penguins aren't always nice to to their to their fellow penguins. So there's a lot of things in here that sort of unravel over the course of eight half hours. And you know, Red Rock Films went to we went to a lot of trouble to really make sure we had told those stories in a very legitimate way. So sometimes on wildlife shows you know, filmmakers cheat a bit. They're talking about one zebra and it's actually this other zebra over here and they're kind of compiling characters. We went to great lengths to make sure that when we're talking about our character, Mr. B, the penguin, for example, that you are looking at Mr. B. So it has this really authentic feel about it as well.
9: Yeah. And I know that this is a series, I mean, I've already told some of my family members about it. Um, I enjoyed it and I know that they're going to enjoy it too.
11: All right, so Kaylee, I have a couple questions for you. And so everybody has a favorite kid, even if they won't say it out loud. So did you have a favorite penguin or like a penguin family
12: and why? Well, I think being on the ground, it was hard not to fall in love with all of them. Um, but our favorite was actually one that has a very small role in the show. So I don't, remem- I don't know, uh, Tiana and Catherine, if you remember um, a small little character called Lord Courtyard Stalker. Um, (laughs) A penguin that followed him home and really upset his wife. Um, That penguin was actually one of our favorites. And she lived um, in the garden where we were filming. And over time, she became really, really comfortable living with us. And we left our doors open. And eventually, she used to walk right into the house. So she would walk into the house, uh, she would spend time trying to nest under the couches and nest next to the bed, which is really, really lucky and such a privilege to have an endangered animal walking into a house and feeling comfortable. Um, And we went to huge effort to make sure that she felt comfortable. So we kept really quiet and we kept away from her and made sure she was always happy in the house. Um, But we named her Cindy Crawford. Um, and I don't know if you guys know, but Cindy Crawford was a very famous supermodel. And we called her mm-hmm. Cindy Crawford because she used to walk into the house looking all very modelish, um, And then she would find any reflective surface. So anywhere where she could see her face, like a window or a fridge or an oven or a mirror. Um, and she'd go and stand in front of that for hours staring at herself. <laughs> so we and she had a little beauty mark on her face so we said that's definitely Cindy Crawford and she spent a lot of time hanging out with us um the only downside to having Cindy Crawford in the house all the time was that she would poop big fishy poops everywhere which made the house smell terrible (laughs) so it's not advisable to have penguins in your house (laughs) yes of course I
11: mean and no matter how cute they are I mean it's it's kind of like having like a dog or something I mean they're cute and all, but, you know, you have to take care of them and clean up and everything. And Cindy Crawford is the perfect name for it.
5: <laughs> Great.
3: Okay.
11: And so this film celebrated the African penguin community. And so it's, it's a very emotional journey for the viewers when watching them like grow and change. Uh, what was like your emotional journey uh, that you experienced when filming?
12: Well, I think for us, um, finding out firstly that they were endangered and they're under so much threat is always really sad. Um, And so as Red Rock films and filmmakers that really care about the environment, we started to think of ways there that we could try and help the species and preserve the species. And I think a lot of people nowadays are speaking about a plant-based diet and what you can do to help the environment. Um, And so all of us on production decided that we weren't gonna eat any fish because that's the main food source of the penguins. Um, and that's one of the reasons that they're struggling. There's just not enough fish in the ocean anymore. Mm-hmm. So all the crew didn't eat any fish while we were there. We sponsored some signs to help the penguins. Um, and we tried our best to, to watch their journey from afar, but try and do things that would help them in the long run. Um, and I'm sure when you watched, you saw some very emotional moments for us was when little Petal and Twig, were growing up and they were really, really struggling with their their single dad trying to feed them and Mm. keep them fit and healthy and send them out to sea. So everything that we could do, we tried to do. And we hope that the show inspires everybody and the, the future of the world, the youth, you, Tiana and Catherine, to do everything you can do to make sure that the environment stays strong and that animals like the African penguin persevere for future generations. Yeah, I mean, I can get like
11: why the viewers would get so attached. But then I think about all of the crew who are filming them. And I just can't imagine like, you know, saying goodbye to them, like when they go off to sea it must have been hard too.
9: Mm hmm.
12: Yeah, I think me and Alex, um, who's our lead DP on this, were crying when those first penguins, the the wheelbarrows chicks, when they first left, we were just standing there in tears. We'd watch them grow, we'd watch them hatch, we'd watch them grow up, um, we'd watch them lose their baby feathers, and then eventually walk out of the garden behind their parents and walk over the wall down to the beach and find a new life for themselves in the ocean.
9: So what would you say is one experience or memory um, that you were really able to get from this series? Um, and we can start with you, uh, Mr. Armstrong. Well, I
10: don't want to give away like, too many spoiler alerts about what happens in the series before you, before you watch. But I think what the big surprise for me is when we started putting everything together, that we, th- we started talking about a narrator and we thought it was going to be a more of a, a, a female-led story. And it turns out it's not our main character becomes uh, Mr. B, this, this penguin who, who ends up having to make sure he's raised his kids himself and, and see them out, out to sea. And that's when we started looking for ways that the best tell this story. We've got a, a well-known actor named Patton Oswalt who narrates for us. He does a fantastic job uh, making you sort of your root for the penguins. And I think that was the big surprise to me, the big switch, Um, the amount of uh, drama and action that happens throughout the course of the series is also a big surprise. And I think having to uh, have seen the effects of of COVID on the shoot where suddenly people weren't walking the streets and the penguins, which are already kind of like seen as gods in the town, uh, are able to take over the streets. So there are a lot of surprises along the way, I guess. And I I think that the realisation that this ended up being Um, a a more of a father story than a mother story was was the big surprise for me.
12: Definitely. And what
9: about you, Miss Kaylee?
12: I think for me is when we originally went down there to film the penguins, we thought, oh, this is going to be so funny. Penguins are so cute. Look at them walking down the road. Everybody's going to laugh at them falling down the stairs and falling over their own feet. Um, But then really surprising was when, And I think this happens with any animal. Whenever you sit down and you really watch what they're doing for a long time, you realize that their lives are so interesting. Just like ours, they're all unique. They all have unique personalities. And they all have their own troubles that they have to face and things in life that they have to get through. And so to be able to sit and watch Mr. B and the things he had to deal with and the courtyards and what they had to go through and the culverts and their story and junior's story. It it really shows that every single animal has its own life and its own important journey to go through. And we need to make sure that we're helping them do that in any way that we can.
9: Yeah, so, yes, thank you. And to everyone watching, definitely make sure to go see Penguin Town coming out on Netflix June 16th. Bye! Bye! Bye!
1: Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions to watch our reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps. And to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the teens section of the Huffington Post and check out our YouTube channel. You can get there easily from our homepage at kidsfirst.org. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Llama Llama Family Vacation. I'm Benjamin Price. Thanks for listening.